You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org. So we've um, we've been doing this Life Together series, and so uh, this this topic. So we're, we're thinking today about toxic relationships, which is part of this bigger series that we're doing about life together, which is really about that. You know how we live life together, and what are some of the the complexities, the issues, the things that that come up um, when we do that. Uh, So to begin my talk today, I'm going to take you back to uh, my year 10 science class. I think it was year 10. Uh, Now, science, I'll be honest, has never been my thing. And so most of the time I didn't pay much attention and wasn't really very interested. However, on one particular day, my interest was 100% there as we were told that this was the day we were going to do an experiment that would cause a small explosion. So exploding stuff as part of the school day seemed pretty great, and I couldn't believe that that's what we were actually doing. So for once, I was all in. The experiment we were doing involved placing a tiny amount of potassium in water, which, of course, causes a reaction. Anybody else remember doing that at school? Yeah, (laughs) quite a common one, isn't it? Um, but as you, as you can imagine, it was even even in those days, um, it was highly controlled. There were lots of sort of safety equipment and very clear instructions and steps. And when we were ready and had followed all the instructions, a teacher came round to place this tiny amount of potassium on a sort of metal pallet knife that we could then sort of fling into the water from a, a distance. So I followed the steps precisely, and I was profoundly disappointed when the very tiny amount of potassium caused a pretty pathetic reaction in the water. I was promised an explosion, and I wanted an explosion. So I can't remember the exact details, but I do remember the teacher getting called out of the room for a few minutes, during which time I noticed that they'd left a sizable chunk of potassium (laughs) on the side. You can can see where this is going. Not really thinking things through, which was a common theme for me as a 15-year-old, and egged on by lots of my mates, I grabbed the metal knife, picked up the entire lump, and flung it into a container of water from a short distance. There was indeed an explosion, an explosion that was perhaps a little larger than the one I'd imagined. So the the container containing the water shattered. There was this girl in my class that started crying. And the teacher came back in (laughs) pretty quickly. And I was in detention, I think, for about a month. It was awesome. (laughs) But what happens when potassium and water mix is this, you know, chemical reaction, isn't it? And we we actually see chemical reactions all the time in life. And some reactions are good, some reactions are bad. Some reactions bring life and growth and goodness, and some reactions are toxic or harmful. So in science, the term synergy or synergism is, is a term used to describe two elements coming together that causes a reaction greater than that of either element on its own. might read that again. So synergy is when two elements come together that causes a reaction greater than that of either element on its own. So it's kind of an explosion. So one of my favourite words, my favourite Greek words in the New Testament is a word called synagos. So the New Testament was originally written in Koine Greek, and this is, um, this is the language that the New Testament is written in. So, um, yeah, I studied it a little bit when I did a Master's in Theology, which was great. And, uh, yeah, as part of that, I came across lots of different words, which meant lots of different things, lots of different things that opened up my understanding of, of some, you know, Bible passages, that, uh, particularly that I was able to sort of look at and study. And this was sort of a theme. This is one that came across that I just really enjoyed looking at. So this word which looks like that in Greek, is that's actually where we get this word synergy from. 
So it's used 18 times in the New Testament, and it's always used to describe God kind of working together with people, um, or people working together sort of with God's help. So it's, it's a kind of reaction that happens when, when people come together. So to give you a few examples of, of where you might find it, so that famous verse in Romans 8:28, which says, "We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him and who have been called according to His purpose." So the word for works in that verse is synagogue. It's also used in the passage in the book of James. There's a big long section of the book of James that talks about faith and deeds working together. It's also used in 1 Corinthians to describe us as God's co-laborers or fellow workers. Again, that's a a word that you might have heard before, that sort of co-laborers or fellow workers with God. And what happens when we work together with God and others who love God? Well, I think there's a reaction, isn't there? The kingdom of God comes, lives are changed, good fruit is produced. And there's a reaction that I think is a good reaction. Working with God and with others is built into the very fabric of our being. It's part of God's plan for the world and his plan for our lives. I think we were made to be in synergy with others and with God to cause a reaction greater than that if we were on our own. But what happens when that synergy or that reaction is harmful? When some chemicals mix, it can be dangerous. It can be damaging and toxic. And I think that's sometimes the case with relationships too. Some combinations of people just don't seem to work or they can cause harm either to those in that relationship or to those immediately around it. So this morning we're going to look a bit more into this idea of toxic relationships, what they are, how to spot them and what to do if we fear we might be in one. Because we need to be really honest that toxic relationships happen just as much in churches as they do in other contexts. Okay, so what are toxic relationships? Um, So we've got a a kind of working definition there, but a toxic relationship is a relationship that causes persistent damage or harm to those within or connected to that relationship. So that's sort of my definition, just based on a few things I've read and things I've yeah picked up elsewhere. But toxic relationships are quite a buzzword, isn't it? It's like, I don't know, you hear it in a few places. And so I think it's probably important to go, okay, what do we actually, what do we mean by that? Where does that come from? So Dr. Lillian Glass, who is a USA-based psychology expert, says that she created the term. And she first used it in her 1995 book, Toxic People. So she describes characteristics of a toxic relationship as one that is consistently unpleasant, draining for the people in it to the point where negative moments outweigh the positive ones. And she says that toxic relationships are mentally, emotionally, and possibly even physically damaging to one or both participants. But I would also argue that I think they can be damaging to those around the relationship too. And again, I think it's important to say actually toxic relationships don't just have to be romantic relationships. And sometimes when you see things in the media or on social media, it it talks really about toxic relationships, the context for those being romantic relationships. But I think I've seen it in all different types of relationships, whether that's friendships or working relationships or family relationships too. But I think also it's important to understand that just because something goes wrong in a relationship or a relationship causes harm, you know, it doesn't mean that it's toxic. And actually healthy relationships can still cause harm sometimes, can't they? 
friends fall out, couples argue, colleagues have disagreements or frustrations with one another. And so I think we need to be careful that we don't label a relationship as toxic, you know, when it actually isn't, or that we maybe remove somebody from our lives completely because we argue with them or something goes wrong or because they say or do something that we disagree with. You can perhaps see how it might be easy for me to label someone who challenges me or calls me out in a loving way as, as toxic because I don't want to hear what they have to say. Part of our call, I think, as Christians is forgiveness and growth. You know, hopefully we believe in redemption and restoration, don't we? And so it's important this is reflected in our relationships too. I think that we ourselves become toxic when we don't have people in our lives who tell us when we're being an idiot and challenge us to be more than we are. And it's why here we, we'll, you'll hear us talk lots about self-awareness, why we encourage things like counselling, why we invested time in, a, in tools like the Enneagram, because we know that actually the foundation for all healthy relationships is a whole healed self and a deep self-knowledge and understanding that is growing over time. And I believe that's the path of a disciple. That's the path of a disciple of Jesus. That's progressive theology, if you like, to sort of progress, to, to grow, to change, to be constantly improving and developing, you know, not because of guilt or because of pressure or because of anybody else, but just because the call is to always be drawn back to who we were always meant to be, to live that life in all its fullness and reach our full potential. So, yeah, I think... Coming back to our definition, that's probably what we'll go with. So a relationship that causes persistent damage or harm to those within or connected to that relationship. And I, I think it's hard to say why toxic relationships happen. Perhaps like my year 10 science explosion, sometimes it's just a combination of circumstances, isn't it? The teacher being out of the room and me being in the room. Um, you know, a combination of things. The wrong place at the wrong time, the right person at the wrong time, two sets of experiences, personalities or backgrounds that just seem to cause a particular reaction. Sometimes it may be caused by trauma in the life of one or both people. I think sometimes damage that's undealt with, wounds that stay um, open, if you like, um, they, can, they can become toxic, they can cause problems, they can cause issues. And that's not anyone's fault. That's just something that maybe happens as a result of trauma. And it's important that we recognise that could be a potential impact of it. And I think sometimes it's just, you know, two particular people being part of one particular relationship in a particular moment in time. I think it's pretty normal and it actually happens quite commonly and it's, it's part of life. So how can we tell if a relationship is toxic? And perhaps our working definition might help us a bit here. So um, I think that's probably a, a good, if you fear, you know, you're, you're in a toxic relationship or you might be asking yourself um, or maybe talking with somebody that you trust about, you know, that question, asking yourself that question. You know, is this relationship causing persistent damage or harm to me or the other person or to anyone around us? And that's a tough question to ask, but it's a good one and it's a good place to start if you feel like mm, maybe is yeah resonating a little bit so asking that question to yourself but also with people that you trust and I want to be really clear today that actually if a, if a toxic relationship has become abusive so if you are experiencing any kind of abuse as part of any sort of relationship there are professionals that can offer advice and support to help you work out what to do and how to leave safely 
So please know that you can always reach out to me or to another member of the pastoral team at Oasis and we'll do our very best to journey with, journey with you to make sure that you find the help that you need. And you can always do that by speaking to one of us, but you can also email pastoral at oasisbath.org as well and somebody will pick that up and get back to you. And again, we just need to be really mindful that I think sometimes perhaps people in churches feel like abusive relationships or this sort of stuff doesn't apply, that it doesn't happen. It does. It does happen in churches. Um, and so it's important that we understand how to spot the signs, how to support people that might be experiencing um, not just toxic relationships, but potentially abusive relationships. And I think there is a distinction, and I probably don't have time to, to go into that. But still, um, yeah, the principle is let's be mindful it could happen to any of us. Let's look out for one another. Let's look out for what those signs might be. Another really helpful way, I think, of figuring out if a relationship is toxic or not is to use a principle Jesus taught. And this is something I've probably mentioned before because it's just one of my most favorite things, I think, um, out of Jesus' teachings and something that I just have applied again and again in my own life. Um, so Jesus talked about fruit, and I'm going to just read that passage. It will appear on the screen as well. But it's um, Matthew 7, um, verses 16 to 20. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. So I think the principle here is by something's fruit, you know, by what it produces, we can recognize what it is. So what do we mean by fruit? Because it's quite a vague concept, isn't it? We're also helped by another passage in Galatians 5 that talks about the fruits of the Spirit. And again, that might be something that you're familiar with. So it lists this, the fruit of the Spirit as being love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And obviously, it isn't as easy or as straightforward, perhaps, as we would like, we'd like it to be. But I do think that asking ourselves what a relationship is producing helps us make a decision about whether it's causing a good reaction or a bad reaction. Is it healthy or unhealthy? Is it toxic or not? So does a relationship produce those fruits in you? You know, on the whole, does it make you loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle, and self-controlled. And again, on the whole, I'm not talking about all, you know, we all at times feel none of those things <laughs> in, in relationships, which is fine. But I think generally speaking, you can kind of look at it as a whole, can't you? So as a whole, if that one relationship makes you hateful, sad, troubled, impatient, unkind, faithless, impulsive, or reckless, is it healthy? Could it be toxic? And of course, that is really hard to work out. And so it's really important that we do this in community, isn't it? With others, with friends, with family, with those that we can trust. I think other voices are so important and helpful in working this stuff through. And I think that's, again, part of God's amazing plan that we're actually not on our own. That synergy or life together, you know, doing things in community with God. And so sometimes we might have to have these tough conversations with one another, but actually that's what it means to do life together, I hope. You know, I hope that we would have the courage as a community to have those difficult conversations with one another. If someone we love is in a toxic relationship or we fear they're at risk of harm, we need to talk to them about it. And perhaps thinking about how to do that would be good. You know, asking good questions rather than sort of making fixed statements might be a good place to start. 
How is that relationship going? How's it making you feel? What fruit is it producing? So finally, what can we do if we're experiencing a relationship that we think is toxic? The obvious answer is that we can end that relationship, can't we? You know, it's perhaps something that we don't say enough as Christians, and we were talking about this in a church doing group meeting actually recently. But actually, sometimes the best thing for two people is that a relationship ends. Sometimes things are only for a time or a season, and not every relationship will last forever, and that's actually okay. Endings are not failure. Sometimes they're a great success. And I think this is definitely something I've had to learn in my, in my life. So as an Enneagram, Enneagram type one, for those who know what that means, uh, loyalty and integrity are really, really important values to me. So, you know, if you're my friend, then we'll be like friends forever and I'll fiercely protect you um, and have very high friendship standards, which I think hopefully you'll benefit from. But the problem with that is that I can struggle sometimes to accept when perhaps something isn't working or when something can't be reformed or fixed. So letting go and walking away for me are hard things to do, especially when it comes to people. So I had an, a friendship that I walked away from last year, actually, because in my view, I think it had become slightly toxic. Um, and this person was someone that I still love and love dearly. And it was a friend that I made as a teenager when I think I was a very different person in a very different place. And for both of us, I think the friendship at points had been amazing and really helpful, but recently it had become actually quite damaging and really draining to me, and I think probably to this person too. And making the decision to walk away from it was incredibly hard and painful, but ultimately quite liberating, and I know, looking back, that it was the right choice. So I think we need to talk more about how it's okay to end relationships sometimes and give each other permission to do that. This passage is from Acts 15, 15, 36 to 41, and it's um, Paul and that's about Paul and Barnabas, the two amazingly significant leaders of the early church. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them, but Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and somewhere else, strengthening the churches. So I think verse 39 is pretty striking, isn't it? They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Now, I'm definitely not saying that Paul and Barnabas had a toxic relationship, but my point is, is that they parted company. You know, they both went their separate ways. They both went on to do amazing things, which were blessed by God, you know, commended by the believers, whatever the, the phrase was. Um, but actually, they did that separately. There was a time and a season where it was right for them to be together and where it was right for them to leave and go their separate ways. I think it's definitely okay for relationships to end. One thing is really important to do, I think, if you feel that you are in a toxic relationship, is to examine the reasons why that relationship may have become toxic. So again, it might be that you can you need some help to do that, so maybe from friends, but sometimes I think also someone that's completely outside of the situation, somebody like a counsellor or a therapist, can be really useful for this kind of thing. Because I think sometimes it might be possible to change the reason or the circumstance that perhaps has led to that toxicity. I think a sudden awareness of something, a, a change in job, 
routine or life choices, an easing of some difficult situation that's causing stress. I think all of those things could actually drastically change your relationship and maybe even lead it back to a place of health. Just as some toxic reactions can be calmed or neutralized or minimized by the addition of another element or the taking away of something, actually sometimes change or adding something, I think that can help, that can perhaps lead something back to a place of health and it's worth considering. But what about toxic relationships where we can't walk away and we can't change the reason for the toxicity or the circumstances that cause it? Maybe a work colleague that you can't get away from or family where maybe it just isn't as simple as ending the relationship. How can we protect ourselves and others? Well, I think for me, it's all about setting really healthy and clear boundaries. So setting boundaries and having limits can often feel difficult, can't it, or even harsh, actually. But ultimately, I think they're what protect us and others from harm. A boundary can be a guide, a protector. It can also be an aid. It's something that draws a line and says, this is what I can do and this is what I can't do. I love this little micro poem from David Gate. I don't set boundaries to make seeing you difficult, but to make knowing you possible. Read that again. I don't set boundaries to make seeing you difficult, but to make knowing you possible. I think there's a lot of wisdom in there. Sometimes setting a boundary can be the most loving thing that you can do for someone. You know, ask any parent why they set certain boundaries for their children, you know, why they say no sometimes. As an adult setting boundaries with other adults, that can be the very thing that saves that relationship or leaves it in a place of health or encourages someone to seek independence. So I've got some, some clear boundaries in my personal and my professional life, um, which some of you know about. I'm not contactable on a Saturday most of the time. I have a work phone and a personal phone. There are some things I wouldn't share on social media. There are some people I wouldn't spend time with alone. And these are some of the things that help me to stay healthy and to love others well. These are the things that pr perhaps prevent me from burning out and not being able to continue in the job. And sometimes they might come across as a bit cold or uncaring, but actually they are the most loving thing that I can do to myself and to you. They keep me and they keep others safe. And you will need to decide in all relationships what boundaries you need to put in place to keep yourself and others safe, particularly in relationships that are difficult or toxic. And that's, of course, a, a long process of trial and error and something that we, we will work out hopefully together. You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org.